May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. During the last 20 months, as we and the whole world found our lives and routines upended due to COVID, in addition to the very real, very painful personal losses that so many experienced, I would guess that there's not a single person sitting here or worshiping with us online who couldn't list a number of run-of-the-mill disappointments and small losses that they still carry and mourn. These might be missed celebrations that had to be canceled or indefinitely postponed, trips not made, concerts not attended, holidays that didn't look like they should have, or milestones that couldn't be shared together. Many of these losses are ones we might not even want to admit we are still sad about since in comparison to the many large problems and significant pain that has impacted people's lives, these minor regrets seem pale in comparison. But in reality, these are still things we grieve. For me, I could absolutely make my own fairly long list of disappointments from this season. And what continues to hold a place at the top of my missed opportunities list is a lecture that was scheduled at WKU for the day after Easter in 2020. The speaker that evening was to have been Father Gregory Boyle, a Jesuit priest who founded Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles, which is the largest gang intervention, rehabilitation, and reentry program in the world. At that time, Father Greg had written two books filled with stories of the people whose lives had been transformed with relationships built at Homeboy Industries. I had read both of Father Greg's books, Tattoos on the Heart and Barking to the Choir, and it had taken me quite a while to get through the books because practically every story he shared moved me to tears. And I'd have to set the books down, wipe my eyes, and pick up my reading again. These stories include great pain, anger, and heartbreak as Father Greg tells of some of the violence, abuse, and trauma that had been lived by the men and women who came to Homeboy Industries. But what usually made me cry were the accounts of the deeply felt joy and belovedness they experience as a result of being treated with love and care instead of anger and suspicion. There's something overwhelmingly beautiful about seeing how powerful love can be in what seems to be impossibly broken situations. It wasn't until I read Father Greg's most recent book, The Whole Language, in which he referenced his books as the Power Trilogy, that I noticed each book had a subtitle. The Power of Boundless Compassion. The Power of Radical Kinship the power of extravagant tenderness. Compassion, kinship, and tenderness might not be the first words we think of when responding to difficult people and challenging situations, but they probably should be. Boundless compassion is love of neighbor. Radical kinship is love of neighbor as yourself. 
Extravagant tenderness is showing holy love. I had a mini epiphany when I realized that what I am so deeply drawn to in these stories is the way they show the transformational power of love in the lives of hurting people who so need that love and how they challenged me to put radical, boundless, extravagant love in action, even when doing so seems like it won't make a difference. But I must admit that this is much easier for me said than done. You might have the same struggles too. As we hear this morning in our readings, loving God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, and loving our neighbor as ourself makes up the greatest commandments we receive from God. We could all probably pass a pop quiz right now if we were asked which commandment is first of all. Even if you are hearing this for the first time this morning, the commandments are pretty easy to remember. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. But how do we do this? What does this look like every day? When is this difficult to do? Or what people do we meet that challenge our ability to love in this way? In addition to being able to recite the commandments, can we all pass the practical exam, putting this love into action? It is very possible that the scribe who approaches Jesus in this morning's reading from Mark with the commandment question, struggles with some of the very same challenges that we do. He knows the textbook answer to the question and is able to build upon Jesus' response about the importance of this kind of love. But it seems when Jesus tells the scribe, you are not far from the kingdom of God, that knowing the right answer isn't quite enough. The scribe has drawn near to the kingdom of God but he is not yet there. There is more to this kind of love than just saying the words. Now, I don't know what specific hurdles this scribe faces as he tries to follow these commandments, but I'm sure at the core they aren't much different from the challenges that we face. Suspicion, envy, selfishness, and fear are nothing new nor our indifference, ambition, and distrust. In our world, there are many issues being debated right now that are resulting in increased discord and alienation, often with more attention being given to what separates and divides than to what unites and sustains. How do we love God and love neighbor in the midst of so much that challenges our ability and our desire to love? How do we even remember to love when we find ourselves so distracted by our many problems that the importance of acting with this kind of love gets forgotten? In Deuteronomy, we hear words, powerful, straightforward words, that not only call attention to the importance of keeping the love of God central to daily life, but also give some practical advice on how to make that happen. Hear, O Israel, 
The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. These are words that are in the Shema, the Jewish declaration of faith that is to be prayed each morning and each night. Shema means to hear. And the Shema is prayed again and again as a continual reminder to the Jewish people of the foundation of their faith. In this passage from Deuteronomy, there are also examples given of ways to help the people remember this command to love. The word should not only be prayed occasionally during formal worship or at special times, but the word should fill each person's heart, be told to children, be talked about at home, be talked about away from home, said in the morning, said in the evening, bound on the hand, written on the doorpost and the gate. Any time and anywhere is an opportunity to love God and to love neighbor. And being intentional about making this our first priority is important to being able to keep this commandment. Nothing that we do should be done without trying to live out this love. Every person we meet, those we have the desire to love and those we don't particularly want to love. Every person is someone we are called by God to love. Every day is an opportunity to practice this love and it does take practice. And it takes trying again when we fail, which we will but it is our highest calling. The best and greatest thing that we can do to take our part in experiencing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, for ourselves and for all of God's beloved children. There is something that Father Greg writes in his third book that I find helpful in thinking about how to better and more readily put love into practice. He says, we are asked to see as God sees, and this changes all we view. We see wholeness, and it helps all of us rewire, not just the traumatized. The quest is to be on the lookout for this hidden wholeness in everyone. Then we can remind each other that we are made for loving and that the true measure of our love is to love without measure. So though I am still disappointed that I wasn't able to hear Father Greg speak in person about the power of transformational love that he has witnessed, I am certainly grateful for him and for others who share their experiences because there is something hopeful and inspiring about seeing how powerful God's love can be even in the most seemingly impossible situations. May we all be able to see as God sees and to love as we are called to love in boundless, radical, and extravagant ways. Amen. <laughs>